Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pros Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. So y'all, let me start off by wishing all of you fabulous moms and moms-to-be a happy Mother's Day. It's coming up this weekend, and so that means it's our weekend to be spoiled. So let them spoil you, y'all. This is just for us. Anyway, this weekend, we're going to talk about something that Almost all of my patients have a difficult time parting from, and that is caffeinated beverages with the most common being caffeine. Now, in pregnancy, about two six-ounce cups of coffee can be consumed. Now, let me reiterate the ounces. They're six-ounce cups, y'all. That's not, that's the size of the standard kitchen mug. And I'm not talking about one of those giant kitchen mugs I am talking about a regular, that regular black kitchen mug your grandma has in her house. Two cups of that. Okay. So if you're sitting with your Keurig, six ounces, not eight or 10 ounces, but six ounce cups. Okay. To put this into perspective, if you like Starbucks, like I do, and you drink coffee, well, I actually never drink coffee from Starbucks, but I do love Starbucks because I usually get the skinny chai latte with cinnamon dolce. But if you're somebody that goes there to get a coffee beverage, a tall is 12 ounces. Grande is 16 ounces. And Trenta, is it Trenta, I believe? Medical intern shaking her head, yes. That's a whopping 31 ounce drink, y'all. Okay, and if you're talking about adding, you know, Starbucks is gonna give you that punch. So if you're talking about, Adding extra stuff like espresso and stuff like that. That's on a whole nother level. Listen, if you're a multi-trip Starbucks girl, the the pregnancy somewhat puts a damper on your coffee fix. Okay. It's just, you just can't do it. The coffee routine has got to be changed, but think about it. Your baby is so worth it. Plus caffeine can definitely impact the pregnancy. Y'all we're not just telling you this because we don't want you drinking too much coffee and we want you to drink water instead. No, caffeine has effects. So caffeine use in pregnancy is associated with two main things, an increased risk of having a small baby and increased risk of having a premature baby. Small, premature baby. Okay, so why is that? And that's because caffeine can cross over to the placenta and it causes constriction of vessels, including those vessels at the level of the placenta. And so if those vessels are constricted at the level of the placenta, it can make the placenta not function as well as it usually does. So we want to make sure we're not doing anything that's going to alter the function of that placenta. And and since it does cross the placenta, it can also speed up your heart rate and the baby's heart rate. So consider babies as being little caffeine-sensitive creatures. 
Just to jog your memory, there are more things than just coffee that contain significant levels of caffeine. Remember tea. Some of these teas have more caffeine than coffee, but your standard tea is an eight ounce serving of green tea. This provides about 30 to 50 milligrams of caffeine. You know, we're talking about you know, 100 milligrams uh, of coffee, you know, tea, 30 to 50 milligrams of coffee. Chocolate, milk chocolate has 45 milligrams of caffeine. Bittersweet, 55% cocoa has 124 milligrams of caffeine. And then you have your 100% cocoa chocolate has 240 milligrams of caffeine. Y'all, that's equivalent to two and a half cups of regular coffee. Because remember, we only want you drinking the two six ounce cups. Should not have over 200 milligrams in a day. And this is all your coffee in one. Just 100% cocoa chocolate. Now, there's also what's called the cola nut. Okay, some people eat it as a snack. It used to be used in Coca-Cola and other colas. That's why they call it Coca-Cola from the cola nut. There's a lot of caffeine in that, y'all. Some chewing gum that contains caffeine for energy. I need to find me some. (laughs) Where is the caffeinated chewing gum, okay? This absorbs faster than a caffeine in a pill form. It's because it's mucosally absorbed. It's, It's through the thin uh, layer that you have in the inside of your mouth. Yeah, y'all, you can absorb a lot of medicine that way. So most of the guns, such as Run Gum, that's a brand, have about 50 milligrams of caffeine in two pieces of gum. Listen, you just got a, you got a little fourth a cup of coffee, a little swig there from just that chewing gum. Of course, it goes without saying that a lot of energy drinks have a lot of caffeine, so we don't want you doing those. Some people, you know, live on Red Bull. You can't do that in pregnancy. Don't do that. And then we can't forget about caffeine containing foods. So, you know, that tiramisu that you love so much, that's caffeine. It's made with caffeine. So tiramisu does have caffeine in it. And then we'll tell you, oh, well, switch to decaf. But y'all, decaf coffee still has some caffeine in it. Depending on the type of deep calf coffee, you can get anywhere from one to 50 milligrams of caffeine. That depends on the brand, of course, and the size of the cup. But decaf ain't all the way decaf. It's low caffeine is what it is. It's not necessarily no caffeine. So you got to read up before you buy stuff. Like, does this really have no caffeine in it or are they pulling my leg here? So make sure you read your nutrition facts to see if what you are buying has any caffeine in it. All right, so now that we know a little bit more about caffeine and pregnancy, let's go to some questions and cases. Our first case is a 21-year-old who is 33 weeks pregnant with her first child. She drinks about one grande cafe au lait with a shot of espresso every morning and sometimes also drinks a cup of green tea with honey and milk that gets her through her workday. During her prenatal visit, her baby's heart rate was high in the 200s. She had an ultrasound confirming the heart rate was indeed between 200 and 220 beats per minute. She was referred for further evaluation. Just a little things to point out. Remember, Grande, Starbucks, this is a 16-ounce drink that we're drinking. I think, let me, let me make sure. 16 ounces, yes. Grande is 16-ounce drink. 
Now, Cafe Ole, I'm not that familiar with coffees, but I believe that's like half coffee, half milk. So you are getting a little bit of a decrease in the amount of caffeine because you got a lot more cream or milk in there, but it's still caffeine nonetheless. And you get a shot of espresso. What are we doing in these streets, y'all? Why are we drinking shots of espresso during pregnancy? I know y'all are tired, but remember, during pregnancy, uh, you are supposed to be sleeping about 10 hours a night. So that probably is why you're tired. You have to remind yourself you are growing a tiny human, and that takes a lot of work. So um, I know a lot of people that just want more energy, right? Sleep is the way to get more energy. You wake up feeling refreshed, but I understand that you've slept half the day away. That is what you're supposed to do. It takes energy to grow these tiny humans. And so don't try to speed up the process or overstimulate. Now, to the case specifically, baby's heart rate is between 200 and 220. At this point, I'm very concerned that this may be fetal supraventricular tachycardia or what's called SVC for abbreviation. Excuse me, SVT for abbreviations. So um, the first thing we're going to do is an ultrasound to look at the anatomy of the baby. Some babies that have issues with their heart and have a heart defect may have a higher heart rate. And sometimes we can see there's a little overstimulation from what's called the flap of the foramen ovale. That's a flap that closes about three to five days after life, but it has to be there to allow for fetal circulation to take place during the pregnancy. That little flap can be overstimulating the top part of the heart or the atria and cause the baby to have an increased heart rate. That could be what's going on. We know that caffeine with it crossing the placenta or the afterbirth, it does put us at risk for having a baby with a higher heart rate. So just like caffeine speeds our heart rate up, it does the same thing to the baby. But SVT or supraventricular tachycardia can be very difficult to manage in pregnancy and can lead to some bad complications. So sustained fetal heart rate that's that high can lead a baby to heart failure. Why? Because the heart is pumping, 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 and it can't get the blood out that needs to go out of the heart because it's not actually pumping with enough force and allowing for complete filling of the heart before the next pump of blood occurs. So because of that, Fluid can build up around the heart, in the chest, in the belly, and that's called fetal hydrops fatalis, okay? I literally just did an episode on this not too long ago, so go back and listen to this one. But a high heart rate does not allow for filling completely of the heart or emptying completely. So this is what drives the baby's heart rate up. Usually with somebody that has a heart rate that's sustained like this, I want to admit her to the hospital and give steroids to help accelerate fetal lung maturity. That's in the event that we can't control the rate of the heart and other complications happen, or there's an indication to deliver you. Delivery is not indicated just because the higher heart rate, but we would need to start you on certain medications that can cross the placenta that can then slow the baby's heart rate down, okay? Because we cannot have a baby sustained this way. So you're gonna be admitted until that happens, They'll do ultrasounds on you to evaluate the heart rate pretty much every day until that sustained a normal heart rate with a normal uh, baseline of 120 to 180 beats per minute. So that's normal heart rate in pregnancy for a baby, 120 to 180 beats, um, excuse me, 120 to 160 beats per minute. 
is where you would need to be. And until you reach that, you will be in the hospital and given treatment for supraventricular tachycardia or SVT. Now, the medicines that they give you are not for the fainted heart. It can make you feel symptomatic. They're giving you cardiac medicines. So because of this, they are checking mom's heart rate with an EKG and also doing continuous monitoring of the heart rate on what's called telemetry. Telemetry is when we have all the leads on our chest and they're monitoring your heart rate 24-7 from a satellite location, right? There's a a technician as well as a, a, uh, a cardiologist that's monitoring those rhythms to make sure that they are normal. So you will need that while you're getting these cardiac medicines that can cross the placenta and help slow down the baby's heart rate significantly. But let's say the heart rate is sustained and nothing can break it, even after several different medicines to slow the heart rate down. Then at the time of delivery, they may have to pace the baby's heart. Now, of course, all of this is like worst case scenario. Most of the time, we can break fetal SVT. I don't think I've ever not been able to broke fetal break fetal SVT. So you should be able to uh, be managed in the hospital. But why even go through this, y'all? Why go through this? We can treat this by not doing as much caffeine stimulation. And most of the time with treatment of the medicines plus abstaining, I'm acting like it's abstaining from sex, right? <laughs> plus not taking in, not ingesting caffeine can help regulate the baby's heart rate even further. For the case Pearl, this seems like fetal SVT, and it can be caused by too much caffeine stimulation. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? Our second case is a 28-year-old who is 29 weeks pregnant with her second child. She had an ultrasound that showed that her baby is in the 15th percentile. Her last baby was a little smaller, so she didn't think anything of this. But her midwife mentioned that she might be consuming too much caffeine. She drinks two cups of tea a day. Her baby's heart rate was normal on ultrasound. She was referred for further consultation. It sounds like mom is doing all the right things, right? You're drinking two cups of tea a day. Most teas have, like I said before, about 50 milligrams per eight ounce cup. So this is okay to drink your two cups of tea a day as long as we don't see anything wrong with the function of the baby's heart. Now, it says that your baby is at the 15th percentile. That's still normal. Any size of a baby between the 10th percentile and the 90th percentile is considered normal. But realize that 15th percentile is closer to 10 than it is to 90. So it's on the lower end of normal. So for patients that are on the lower end of normal, I do usually tell them, hey, you may want to restrict caffeine because that can be associated with low birth weight and prematurity. So I will restrict your caffeine a little, but this isn't a reason to not drink any tea, right? So it sounds like the baby is still normal. I would bring you back in about a month to check the size of the baby again to make sure that growth does not fall below the 10th percentile. But as long as things stay the way they are, this would not be a reason for you to alter or change anything that you're doing. I would encourage you not to add anything extra to your teas, um, like, you know, another, like a shot of espresso or something like that. You don't need that extra stimulation. I don't think anybody should be getting shots of espresso in pregnancy, uh, but usually that's a coffee thing and not a tea thing. 
But uh, I don't think you need to give up your tea at this point because you're just drinking two cups. I would not go over that or add a cup of coffee to your daily regimen because that would obviously set you over the top. But for me, I would just keep doing what you're doing now. We've already done an ultrasound and saw that the baby was normal. I would evaluate the anatomy and make sure that the anatomy is okay in the baby um, just to make sure there's nothing that's making the baby smaller. Some babies are smaller because there are birth defects, right? Like a heart defect or a brain defect. As long as we don't have that, then the only thing that needs to be done the next time is to do another ultrasound to check the growth of the baby in four to six weeks and go from there. The case pearl for this case is two caffeinated beverages a day is okay during pregnancy. And you should not have to change your habits since the baby's heart rate is normal and the size of the baby is also normal. All right, medical intern, do we have any email cases or questions? Yes. This one says, Dr. Plenty, does drinking caffeine in the first trimester cause miscarriages? There's a lot of thought and very little data on this. So I always tell my patients during preconception consults to limit their caffeine in the first trimester because anything that constricts vessels at the level of your afterbirth, which is you know also the placenta, can potentially cause a baby's growth to be smaller eventually, and it can cause the placenta to not function as well. So I would tell you to restrict caffeine in the first trimester, if at all possible. And if you're like, I cannot live without a cup of coffee, then narrow to one cup a day, okay? Uh, And then you can go back to your normal two cups of coffee a day once you're over the 13th week. So there has been data that has linked caffeine intake to an increased risk of miscarriages. but That data is flawed. And so that's why we don't say caffeine causes miscarriages. It's just associated with an increased risk of miscarriages. So I would limit caffeine in the first trimester. But honestly, there's a lot that happens in the first trimester. I think people need to take it easy. Make sure you're increasing your water intake, decrease any caffeinated foods and beverages and go from there. So, um, Yes, if you drink a lot of caffeine, that has been shown to be associated with an increased risk. But the two cups a day, as recommended by the American College of OBGYNs, should not increase your risk of miscarriages. But like I say, I usually limit my patients to one cup a day. And that's because caffeine is also a diuretic, right? We don't want to dehydrate ourselves early in pregnancy especially if you already have a decreased appetite or you may have nausea and vomiting, the last thing you need is a diuretic on board to cause you to be even more dehydrated. So for me, that's why I limit my patients' um, caffeine intake in the first trimester to make sure that we are out of that sort of first trimester danger zone. So I hope that that helps uh, with your questions. Medical intern, do we have any other cases And she's shaking her head, no. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about caffeine during pregnancy in this episode. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to share with your friends, rate and comment. And again, happy Mother's Day to all who have carried life or who help to nurture or support a life. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. 
Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Don't forget, you can also see me on the YouTube channel for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. Check out the website, which is drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. Thank you guys for reaching out. I've had several people send questions via the website. So thanks for utilizing it, you guys. And for goodness sake, catch up on the podcast because we have a lot of good content and keep listening as you always have been. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition pregnancy pearls is a mean old lion media production purchase new wiper blades from o'reilly auto parts today and we'll install them for free see better and drive safer with o'reilly auto parts oh 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 o'reilly auto parts